Hello, and welcome to Clinical Nutrition Notes, a podcast where we speak with guest experts and opinion leaders about the art and science of clinical nutrition, brought to you by Nestle Health Science Canada. This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals for education purposes. I'm your host, Bethany Hopkins, Medical Affairs Manager with Nestle Health Science. Today, we'll be talking with Dr. Jose Murray about malnutrition in the older adult. Dr. Murray is an Associate Professor of Medicine at McGill University and Director of the Division of Geriatric Medicine at McGill University, McGill University Health Centre and the Jewish General Hospital. Dr. Murray is also Associate Director of the Quebec Network for Research on Aging. His research interests include protein metabolism and requirements in the older adult, nutrition and functional status. Dr. Murray has more than 100 original publications, most of them in high-impact journals in the fields of aging, nutrition, and metabolism. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Murray. In your practice as a geriatrician, you work with many older adults who may have nutrition-related concerns. Today, we'll focus on the issue of malnutrition in the older adult and the association of malnutrition with frailty. To begin, as a point of clarification, when we speak about the older adult, what age range do you consider to be an older adult? Well, a definition of older adults uh, is, is a, a conventional one, uh, anyone above 65. But in our practice, we consider those uh, uh, older adults uh, are those above 75 years of age and with no end to the extreme advanced age. So 75 and above is the typical older person we see in our practice as a geriatrician. Okay, thank you for clarifying. So we'll sort of have that age range in our mind as we continue this conversation. So coming back to our focus of this podcast, specifically on malnutrition, Dr. Murray, can you define what malnutrition means for you as a clinician? Yes. well, uh, malnutrition is a general term. A more precise term is is undernutrition, and and so it is a state of undernutrition that has impact on one's health, and and we we see that from different different perspective. You know, persons who are malnourished, uh, not only the it affects their immune system and the capacity to defend themselves against infections but also they are less capable of uh, uh, performing tissue repair when there is injuries or, or surgeries. Uh, there is a, a significant amount of uh, body composition changes regarding the fat mass, uh, but also muscle mass. And as a consequence, uh, you know, they have less energy, they, they feel tired, they have uh, weaknesses, they have uh, decreased performance, and, and uh, uh, th- th- this is a manifestation of uh, a state of uh, undernutrition, malnutrition in older people, you know. So as you're describing um, uh, the fatigue, the changes that you're seeing, it really sort of leads me into where I was planning on going next and getting you to discuss how malnutrition typically presents in the older adult. And I guess you've really led into that already. Um, are there any other comments you'd have, Dr. Murray, in terms of, of how you see this typically presenting in the older adults that you're working with? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, there is uh, many risk factors that contribute to that state of undernutrition. But when a person is malnourished, uh, for sure, uh, we, we, do, we do observe their, their uh, uh, decreased uh, uh, fat reserves and muscle with uh, this increased fatigue, uh, uh, the lethargy or apathy, it manifests 
Uh, and they, in fact, uh, start losing interest in, in, in uh, pursuits and in life. Uh, so it affects not only physical, but the morale and uh, uh, can even uh, contribute to decrease in their uh, cognitive capacity, you know, in their memories and, and uh, abilities, uh, intellectual abilities. We do see that with advanced age, uh, and uh, it, it's quite typical. The older person who is uh, malnourished uh, uh, looks even older than the stated age, you know, um, and, and uh, this should be addressed because malnutrition is something that is amendable to be corrected with appropriate intervention. First, we need to recognize it and then intervene. Mm -hmm. And yes, an important comment, and I know we'll be talking about that a little more later on, but um, you know, something that we can do something about, um, it's really important yeah. to be able to you know, be as proactive as possible, I guess, and recognize things as, as early as possible. So, so important, the recognition, because uh, we, we tend sometimes to take the, the older person uh, appearance and physical performance as part of aging and it is not it's because they are malnourished to start with uh, often happens without uh, uh, necessarily an acute illness uh, just simply because of lack of intake and and uh, it, then it is overlooked uh, as as a problem yes and that's a that's a, a really great point and it's something that um, we hear about in a lot of different areas that sometimes things are expected as um, a consequence of aging when in fact, you know, they're not necessarily that. Um, and there's something that we can, we can do about it. What, um, when you're thinking about the older adult, what are the prevalence rates of, of, of malnutrition that, uh, that you're seeing? We, we tend to uh, devise uh, the population into different categories uh, because it, they have different prevalences. You know, if you, if you, if you look at a, a very functional, healthy, uh, older uh, adult, the, the prevalence of malnutrition is probably 5%. But those who are unbound, those who are frail, that prevalence increases steeply to reach 30 40% of the homebound elderly. And there's reasons for that, there's risk factors. If you, if you go into those who are on long-term care facilities, uh, it's 50% of them. And in acute wards of the hospital, be it in, in surgery or, or medicine, these uh, prevalences of older persons with malnutrition reach incredible eye numbers uh, uh, of 60, even 70 percent, depending on the tools used, etc. But it's extremely uh, highly prevalent. Mm -hmm. And some variability, as you mentioned, across care settings, you know, versus the independent older adult living at home compared to the person who may be, you know, socially isolated and homebound. And then, you know, as you move into the other care settings, whether it be acute care or long-term care, I guess we'd expect to see those prevalence rate, rates rise given the individuals who are, are living in those settings and why they're there. This leads us to uh, consider what are the risk factors that uh, leads to this malnutrition, undernutrition state. 
because uh, there is reasons, uh, and and these who are homebound, uh, living in long-term care, or frequently hospitalized, is a, is a group of uh, frail older individuals um, uh, who carries a. a a, a large uh, disease burden who have uh, mobility issues and 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 these are are uh, risk factors that you just mentioned we we usually think in in the medical world that they are malnourished because necessarily they they are having uh, gi problems you know uh, obstructions or 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 pains and a lot of uh, active uh, uh, inflammation with diarrhea, but it's not often the case in older adults. Uh, uh, the, the reasons for that are, you know, many times uh, psychological because uh, they are isolated, uh, because uh, the, 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 there is uh, socioeconomical problems, um, uh, you know, regarding not only income, uh, because our country is somehow protected, but because of mobility, the ability to shop, uh, uh, lack of interactions during mealtime because they are isolated, and uh, not to account on the prevalence of uh, depression, anxiety. So, uh, and and then there is some physiological, pathological conditions regarding uh, the uh, their dental st state, uh, the fact that there is some sensory changes as one ages, with a change in in, in taste and smell. Um, you know, and then then the 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 number of chronic diseases when one doesn't have a controlled condition, be it uh, congestive heart failure or or chronic bronchitis UPD, you know, you, you're not uh, very uh, uh, your appetite is suppressed, anorexia is very present, uh, and this is a common experience because whenever we catch a cold, we don't feel like eating too much, you know. So individuals with chronic diseases, uh, they, they they have decreased appetite. We need to control the diseases well, and and try to overcome all of the 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 social, economical, and psychological barriers. Yeah. So there can be really a, a large number of factors at play that place you know an older adult um, at risk for malnutrition. Certainly. So. One thing I wanted um, you to take a moment to comment on as well, Dr. Murray, was was around frailty and um, this issue of frailty in the older adult, um, as you'd be well aware of and have been involved in, has really received um, considerable attention from clinicians and researchers um, in recent years. And malnutrition has been associated with frailty in the older adult. And can you briefly describe for us what frailty is and the connection that we're seeing between frailty and malnutrition? Yes, I mean, I mean, frailty um, is a condition of uh, a decreased uh, uh, physiological uh, organ reserve. You know, uh, that is beyond that we expect for age alone. So the individual is working with the maximum of their capacity, no reserves, and when and when they are face any stress, okay, an infection, a fall, a surgery, uh, then they really decompensate. And um, it, it is known that one of the uh, mechanisms through which uh, we progress from what is usual aging into a, a frail aging, it, one of the causes is decreased uh, food intake uh, under nutrition. 
from any condition that we just mentioned, a few risk factors, etc., uh, that affect, it's a cascade of effects because there is uh, uh, implications or impact on body comp, on decreased muscle, decreased, uh, uh, you know, uh, bone density and weaknesses. Uh, and then the, it triggers a, a vicious circle in which there is less uh, food intake, less energy intake, less energy expenditure, uh, and, and uh, decrease further decreases in, in essential uh, nutrients to maintain one healthy uh, and with necessary vitality. And this then contributes to the state of frailty, you know. That, that's the way I see it, because, uh, you know, when an older person is eating very little uh, and there is some weaknesses taking place, it takes such an effort to mobilize that, that it, it increases further the, the muscle atrophy, the, the weaknesses, and it, it, they, not, they cannot come out of it uh, without appropriate intervention that includes food and exercise. Yeah. So given that connection with malnutrition and nutrition intake and frailty, is it fair to say then that um, by recognizing and, and potentially providing some sort of intervention from a malnutrition perspective, we may be able to, for some individuals, have an impact on that frailty you know, trajectory or, or, or pathway? Yes, yes. I mean, there is different degrees of severity of frailty, but certainly at the earlier stages, uh, it is always possible to bring the individual to a, a, a better uh, health state uh, and less frailty. And especially at the mild frailty level, uh, th there's a chance to bring the, the person to a more normal uh, healthy uh, uh, state. Um, so uh, nutrition is something w one can offer, can contribute to decrease the frailty and, and gives persons uh, more capacity, autonomy, you know, uh, make a more normal uh, living. Uh, but, but the problem is sometimes uh, our attitude in which uh, we don't recognize the, the malnutrition status and we attribute everything to old age, let's say. So this really leads into the last question I'd like to ask you in, in this episode. And you started talking about the consequences of malnutrition for individuals in terms of their quality of life, their functional status, their health and well-being. And it also can have an impact, of course, on families and caregivers and, and even broader impacts on things like healthcare resources. Uh, in your practice, what are, what are some of the consequences of malnutrition um, that, that you're seeing, Dr. Murray? Yeah, uh, people don't, don't think about it, but um, a, a lot of these uh, uh, reports of uh, older person being weak and, and have uh, repetitive falls, you know, behind there is many states of uh, malnutrition. So malnutrition contributes to weaknesses and falls and contributes to decrease uh, autonomy of uh, older person. Uh, and uh, usually or frequently, uh, a malnourished person is also someone who is mildly uh, dehydrated uh, uh, and, and they contribute to orthostic hypotension, a blood pressure that drops upon standing contributing to falls, you see. 
And, and when someone has recurrent falls for safety issues, then uh, we very quickly propose uh, for them to be uh, put into an institution, uh, placed in long-term care institution. Uh, so it certainly malnutrition contributes to that. And, and you know, once, once you are malnourished and you, you catch something, an infection, et cetera, and you're more prone to have infections, then at the hospital, they, they have prolonged stay compared to non-malnourished uh, mm -hmm. people, more infections. Uh, uh, those who are so weak that are bad bound, they, uh, they develop more easily uh, the cubitus ulcers. And, you know, uh, in severe states of undernutrition, there is increased risk of uh, mortality because of complications uh, while they are hospitalized and and uh, and uh, it's a known fact that malnutrition increases uh, mortality but before such thing occurs which is the, the worst outcome obviously there is also a lot of morbidity uh, a lot of things that uh, we could prevent uh, just by correcting the nutrition status that is uh, you know impaired in the process yeah yes and and, and things that outcomes that make a real difference for the individual themselves, you know, being able to do the things they enjoy doing and some of those functional um, aspects that you mentioned um, are, are so important and that we can see changes fairly early on. Dr. Murray, I'd like to thank you for sharing your experience related to malnutrition, uh, which, as you've mentioned, is, is a real concern for a number of older adults and, and something that um, we need to identify earlier. And fortunately, we may be able to do something about for, for some people. So I'd like to continue this conversation in our next podcast, and we'll have you address strategies to manage malnutrition during that conversation. So thank you, Dr. Murray, for joining us, and I'd like to thank all of our listeners. This concludes our episode of the Clinical Nutrition Notes podcast. To listen to more podcasts or to subscribe to Clinical Nutrition Notes, visit our website at nestlehealthscience.ca.